0: This is Reset, I'm Sasha Ann Simons. You've heard about a big change coming to local media with WBEZ's acquisition of the Sun-Times. Today, we're gonna take a step back and look at the bigger picture. What does the future hold for local news, both here in Chicago and at the national level? Here to help us do that is Mark Jacob, former Metro editor at the Chicago Tribune. Before that, he was the Sunday editor at the Chicago Chicago Sun-Times. He recently wrote a lengthy story for the Medill Local News Initiative about Chicago's rapidly transforming media landscape. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Also joining us is Victor Picard, professor at the Annenberg School for Communication at the University of Pennsylvania, where he's co director of the Media Inequality and Change Center. Professor Picard is also the author of several books, including Democracy Without Journalism Confronting the Misinformation Society and America's Battle for Media Democracy. Welcome back. Thank you, Sasha. Mark, I'll start with you. You wrote that detailed analysis of the Chicago media landscape for uh, Medill's local news initiative. It was refreshingly optimistic, Mark. So, give us some of the main takeaways from all the research you did.
1: Well, uh, anyone who's paid attention to the scene in the last few decades has seen that it's often been disinvestment, uh, lower staffs, and many of the major institutions, such as the Tribune and the Sun Times, and and just. Uh, Dysfunction and uh, just less local news coverage. And so it's been a, kind of a very depressing story for a while. But in just in the last few years, there have been some very, I think, optimistic, uh, optimism-inspiring uh, changes. Uh, the BEZ-Sun Times merger uh, is two things about that. I mean, BEZ has, in my opinion, uh, really stepped up as a, a major force in journalism in Chicago and sometimes it does a lot of good work, but it's struggled financially, and uh, this, to many people, including me, this looked like the best possible outcome and the best way to rescue it. So so that rescue is really important, and BEZ doing the investment it's doing is super important. There are a lot of other things. The Better Government Association has started a new project with the McCormick Foundation called the Illinois Solutions Partnership, and that's mm-hmm. like a $10 million project. That I think will improve state house coverage and political coverage, which has sometimes been cut back in these, uh, you know, in, during the local news crisis. And Black Club Chicago is really, in an inspiring way, is kind of reinventing local news coverage. So Chicago's turned out to be kind of a center of innovation and, and of hope.
0: Yeah, you you found that Chicago's news scene is getting a lot of national attention, right?
1: That's right. Now, I know one thing that uh, I'd be curious what Victor has to think about this, but some people say that the BEZ and sometimes merger could be a national model. It's you know not quite unusual for a public radio station to take over a legacy newspaper and try to make it a go. And I, I, I think maybe it'll be a national model. It's certainly something that's being watched nationally. But now it's, it's Chicago might be unique in some ways. Its foundation scene is really strong, and, and it's just – there aren't very many places where the public radio station is winning drive time in the mornings, like BEC is. So so it, it may be an outlier, but it also could be an inspiration and a model.
0: Mm-hmm. Professor, why don't you weigh in here? What do you think of the uh, the news scene here in Chicago being viewed upon across the country?
2: Yeah, I agree with Mark, and I think he's absolutely right to point out how this could be a, a national model or at least Inspire us to think uh, more creatively about these kinds of partnerships, especially as the market fails to support the local journalism that we need. We can look to public broadcasting stations to step into that vacuum. And so I think this is a very positive development, a, a rare bit of good news within an otherwise very dismal media landscape. But I also think Mark is right to note that there are some particularities to the Chicago scene, or at least to the scenes of of typically of of large cities where you do have well-resourced public broadcasting stations. You have a capital base that can support um, whether we're talking about philanthropies or just individual listeners Mm -hmm. that can support this kind of journalism. And I'm not convinced that that can be replicated in, like, for example, news deserts across across the country.
0: Mark, talk more about that—the the, the role that philanthropies are playing in preserving well, and transforming Chicago media.
1: that if you had to say in one sentence what's happening in Chicago, it's it, to me it's uh, it's nonprofits on the march. It's it's it. What used to be you're really dominated by the Tribune and Sun Times, both for-profit institutions. You know, suddenly you're seeing nonprofits take the you know the big step. Now that's that's good in some ways. It's not good in all ways. Um, Nonprofits still have to you know balance the books. It's not like you can they don't have to worry about money. They always have to worry about money. There are other situations, another factor that may not be great about nonprofits is for example the Sun Times becoming a nonprofit now cannot endorse candidates and you will know, we'll just have to see kind of how much they can talk about politics on their editorial pages because the court under the IRS rules they can't. And so there's some ways that nonprofits might not be the greatest, but when you look at what's happened like with the Chicago Tribune being, you know, taken over by a fairly kind of ravenous hedge funds that uh, has not been a good player in its markets. You, you, when you see that happening, I think what you see with the BEZ sometimes merger and mm-hmm. other nonprofit events, other nonprofit enterprises certainly gives you more hope. I mean, to a lot of extent, they are into public service more than commercial enterprises.
0: So, so Professor, to sum it up here, do you think philanthropies can solve the journalism crisis?
2: Wow. So the short answer is, unfortunately, I, I don't think they can alone. But I completely agree with Mark that we're in this new golden age of nonprofit journalism. And I think they have a vitally important role to play in incubating new experiments and supporting journalism that the market will, will no longer support. So I think they have to be a, an important piece of the solution. I just don't think... We can count on philanthropy to cover, again, all these news deserts to ensure that all members of society have a baseline level of news and information. But they are absolutely part of the answer.
0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, we're discussing the future of local journalism with uh, former Tribune and Sun-Times editor Mark Jacob, as well as Victor Picard, who's professor at the Annenberg School for Communication, Coming up on the program, we'll talk about how girls and women of color can build personal and collective wealth. Stay with us for that conversation. Um, Sticking with you for a moment, Professor, how does the U.S. compare to, to other countries when it comes to government support of media?
2: It's actually quite shocking. I mean, the U.S. is almost literally off the chart for how little we fund our public broadcasting system compared to all major democracies, Across the planet, we're at, at federal level, we're at about a dollar forty per person per year. If you compare that to the U.K., they're up to about $100, uh, close to $100 to pay for the BBC. And then if you look at northern European countries, they're getting up to close to $200 per person. That also correlates with the strongest democracies on the planet. Uh, the U.S. is now unfortunately considered a flawed democracy, according to the Democracy Index. Um, so, you know, it's it's not a great picture but i'm optimistic that this might change especially if we see this growing need for public responses to the journalism crisis
0: yeah how, how do americans most americans feel about tax money going to support the media
2: that's always going to be a, a, a difficult argument but what's surprising is that survey data actually show that among uh, you know in terms of what's legitimate to spend your taxes on oftentimes most, most uh, consistently, public broadcasting comes in second after the military. So and even across the political spectrum, there's surprisingly high levels of trust towards uh, public broadcasting. So I think there is some hope. But in general, that is indeed a tough argument to make.
0: And Mark, going back to the uh, WBEZ Sun-Times partnership, uh, in your research that you did for your, your recent article on, on local news, you asked local media leaders, for their thoughts, right, on, on this merger. Tell mm-hmm. us, what, what else did you hear? Give it to us well, straight. I mean,
1: <laughs> you know, well, I think everyone is optimistic, but they have many, many questions. And I, the things, some of the topics of skepticism, from my mind, are, you know, the, the head of Chicago Public Media, CEO, Matt Moog, has said, you know, that they will be adding 40 or 50 jobs, in the, you know, in the entity, and that's that's great. I mean, I think everyone's waiting to see that happen, and 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 there's some level of skepticism because pretty much the whole trend has been fewer jobs overall in the Chicago area for journalists. So if that happens, that's great. But I think people are, are waiting to see whether it really happens. Another really important question for working journalists is the whole claim that the WBZ and the sometimes will be independent newsrooms after the merger. Mm-hmm. And and uh, two things about that. I wonder whether that's actually the case, because, you know, will they be talking about stories that they're doing? Will they be giving each other heads up on stories or on news events? I mean, you would think you have to, you would think you'd want to. I mean, it seems like you don't gain the full advantages of a merger if you're not talking to each other a whole lot.
0: So you think it's inevitable so. to remain two separate entities? I I think it's
1: unlikely that it will remain two separate entities over the long term. And I wonder, even if that's a good idea, I would think it would be a better idea for it not and for it to really focus the individual newsrooms on what they're good at, pick their lanes, but also communicate and collaborate a whole lot. Hmm.
0: Professor, any difference between local and, and national media when it comes to how much confidence or trust the public has in it?
2: yeah that's another surprising finding that survey data consistently show us is that even among constituencies who might um, have have serious problems with the media whenever we're talking in terms of their local media, local local broadcasters, local newspapers, they tend to have warm, fuzzy feelings for them. Um so I do it is showing that there are higher levels of trust towards local institutions, and that also gives me hope that Americans will be open minded to public support for the local journalism that the market's no longer supporting.
0: Marka, are you confident that we're going to continue seeing innovative ways to create and and distribute news?
1: I think so. Uh, I I mean, I think one of the things that that I want to just get at is, and and this kind of goes with what Victor saying, is that I think you have to have people, the public at large, view the journalism, local journalism in a different way. Instead of viewing it as a simple product, they have to view it as a public good because it is. And that's why I think that, that, you know, in doing that, my article about the rise of nonprofit news in Chicago, uh, one of the experts, Sue Cross, was telling me that she thought that foundation support was was not necessarily sustainable, but that what they needed was ground-level, regular people support, increased support for local journalism. In in effect, viewing it the same way they would – you know, they would view any kind of local charity or local good organization that they wanted to support. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there is, there does seem to be a migrating and improving public view toward journalism as a public good that deserves our support and not just, you know, a, a printed product that you pick up at the corner.
0: Well, that is a former Chicago Tribune and Sun Times editor, Mark Jacob. Also with us, Victor Picard, professor at the Annenberg School for Communication. Thank you both.